G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Right across Australia, big business is using new tactics to squeeze the most profit out of their operations. Since these businesses have a primary responsibility to the shareholders and are usually multinationals, they aren't uncomfortable about destroying communities and the well-being of working people as a rule. This came out in a recent release of information about BHP, for example, where a confidential investigation found mining giant BHP had a mandate to put production ahead of safety as part of an internal probe into the near drowning of a dozer operator at one of Australia's largest coal mines. Here, worker safety was prioritised lower than profit. But the issue at hand is the mass casualisation of industries through short part-time employment. It works for the balance sheet of profit, but cuts the heart out of working communities. The story we tell today is from Melbourne Trams. Yarra Trams and the workers are in a battle over just such part-time contracts that the workers see as the demise of job security and the very culture of service and safety that underpins public transport. Since the handing over contracts to multinationals, the Victorian government has been sitting on its hands over the the enterprise bargaining negotiations. This is a story that will affect you and all working Australians because this is the new normal that business wants to foist onto workers everywhere. But the fight is on, as you will hear at the rally of striking tram drivers, supported by other unions last week at Flinders Street Station in the heart of Melbourne. But first, some union news. Despite a frightening fire season and calls for a rejigging of the country's direction economically to ensure secure work in a climate emergency, the Federal Liberal National Party's opening act in Parliament will be the continuing saga of the anti-worker, anti-union Ensuring Integrity Bill, It is the second time the bill is going to the Senate with predictions that Jackie Lambie is the pebble that is supposed to hold the damn wall of worker protection in place or let the crushing waters of unfettered employer power to fall on the back of Australian workers. One Nation senators have said they won't support the bill. The name of the bill, Ensuring Integrity, has taken on a very curious tinge since here we have a government targeting unions which are worker membership organisations, for an enforced dose of integrity when federal Liberal National Ministers are daily being outed for pork barrelling with large sums of money using sports grants and infrastructure grants before the last election to marginal seats they wanted to win, saying that there's nothing to see here. This is without mentioning some of the other questionable pieces of ligress and spin that have been spewing out of Canberra lately. These laws, with the Orwellian name of ensuring integrity, directly attack workers' democratic freedom to join and control their unions, says Alex White, Secretary of Unions ACT. He went on to say Scott Morrison and the ultra-conservative Workplace Relations Minister, Christian Porter, 
are obsessed with attacking workers' rights and freedoms to join and run their unions. Removing this freedom is the Liberal government's priority because workers in unions is the main impediment to their regressive agenda to wreck Medicare, privatise the ABC and Americanise our national workplace laws. These laws, if they're passed next week, would be the most extreme in the Western world. They would allow the Liberal government or big business to ban unions or place them under the control of corporate-controlled administrators, he said. Workers are encouraged to get on board the union campaign to make the public understand the danger of this legislation. The Maritime Union of Australia has been stopped from taking industrial action by an unprecedented federal court injunction sought by DP World Australia in ongoing enterprise bargaining agreement negotiations. The court order prevents more than 1,800 workers employed at DP World Australia container terminals in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Fremantle from taking any form of legally protected industrial action until March 13, 2020. MUA Assistant National Secretary Warren Smith said the federal court decision was just the latest in a long list of aggressive moves by DP World Australia, a subsidiary of the world's largest terminal operator, DP World, formed in 2005 by the merger of Dubai Ports Authority and Dubai Ports International, headed by Sultan Ahmed bin Sulanin. In the last year, DP World Management have launched unlawful and aggressive attacks on workers' rights, cancelling approved holidays, attempting to strip away social benefits such as income protection, sacking workers, docking pay, preventing workers from meeting with their union representatives, cancelling Christmas bonuses and threatening the mass termination of 10% of the workforce, said Mr Smith. This injunction doesn't just prevent wharfies from taking legally protected industrial action. It is an alarming attack on democratic rights that will give companies open slather to strip all Australian workers of long-held workplace conditions, which will effectively mean a reduced standard of living for all, Mr Smith said. The MUA says the decision should send a shudder down the spine of all working Australians, with the federal court entrenching the power of foreign and local corporations and undermining the ability of workers to have any chance of standing up against workplace greed, inequality and for justice in the workplace. United Workers' Union members working at the Australian-owned fast food joint Grilled have formed a campaign group, Grilled Workers United, which they aim to make a national force to change the low-pay culture of Grilled, which has been shown to be using a system of traineeships which have been branded as exploitative. Mitch, a delegate working at Grilled, had this to say to 4 Z's workers' radio program. Uh, one of the, the primary things that we're dealing with right now is 
um, our, our previous enterprise agreement made in 2015. We've had no, no cost of living increases to wage rates uh, since 2015, uh, which has meant that a great many workers are being paid below the award. The only conceivable way you could be, pay, be paid above the award uh, would be if you exclusively worked nine to five, Monday to Friday, never worked any weekends or public holidays or anything like that. So it's a loaded rates agreement. So it rolls up, you know, your weekend penalties, your allowances into one rate. But then the legal requirement is only that this rate isn't below the base rate of the award. And so they've chosen not to continue to compensate the penalties, but allow it to uh, degrade the agreement sort of rate position relative to the award over the years of the award. So that's meant that um, a great number of workers are on the below award uh, wages currently. And traineeships as well uh, is a major factor, basically. Uh, when workers are employed at Grilled, they're put on a certificate two or three traineeship, depending where you are, uh, which pushes the wage rates down massively. So, you know, for example, I'm senior, you know, not on, not on any junior um, rates. I'm on 21.75 as a flat rate currently, and trainees in my position would be on 18.50. So you know, oh, if you work shame. 20 hours a week um, across a whole year, you know that like just to get a cert three through the company is going to cost you, you know, thousands um, in lost wages, even independent of what you'd be getting if you were not a trainee and on the award. At the end of the day, like turnover is less than a year on average. So the average completion time for this third three or third two or whatever is 13 months, then the average worker will never complete it and they'll have lost you know, hundreds or if not thousands of dollars from having, having been employed on the traineeship. The campaign continues with a grilled speak-out on Flinders Street, Melbourne, on Wednesday the 5th of February at 3.30pm. Further information about the group can be found on the Grilled Workers United Facebook page. You are on Stick Together, Workers' Stories, Union News and Social Justice Issues. Today we hear from the RBTU, the Rail, Bus and Tram Union members in Melbourne, in particular tram drivers under this union umbrella. They have been in a long drawn out Enterprise bargaining agreement negotiations with the private operator running Yarra Trams, a French multinational who wants to use part-time work to boost their profits. First up, we hear from Tariq Koch, the Secretary of the Tram Workers Division of the RBTU Victoria. Okay, all right. Um, I just need to make it very clear because we know what's going on with Yarra Trams. They actually try to stop us having this rally today by saying that this is unprotected industrial action. That was at four o'clock yesterday afternoon, so we sent them a nice little letter back saying that it is protected and we'll be fine. Go ahead, we can go to court if you like. We are here to send a clear message to Yarra Trams in a public forum. We will fight as long as it takes to ensure that this part-time claim that they have is removed. We will fight their plans to reduce your take-home pays. The part-time claim they have, we've made it very clear to them on multiple occasions to remove their part-time claim 
so that we can then have a reasonable and a fair outcome for all. Ultimate ideology is to have profits in their pockets. That's $9.69 million out of my members' pockets. That works out year on year, $9.69 million. With, that's with the information, with the minimal information they have given us, is $9.69 million, which equates to each and every individual of a member of ours that is a driver will lose on average $7,000 per year. Yarra Trams has been given every opportunity to come back to the table. In fact, last week on Friday, we had a Fairwood Commission conference via the phone. We gave them every opportunity to have a meeting for Wednesday. They refused it. They ensured that we had this strike. They keep pretending to the media that they want to meet every, every day of the week. That's what Julian DeHornoy said in the, in, in, the, in the media. What a lot of crock. In July last year, 94% of my members turned around and declined the proposal of Yarra Trams. Yarra Trams still ain't listening. Yarra Trams claims that we are not talking about their part-time claim. I'll make this very clear. This whole EBA has been the talk about the part-time claim of theirs, of how they want to destroy our industry, our culture. We will not allow it to happen. We will not allow them, we will not allow them to destroy our culture and our industry. If they're not comfortable the way it is, they can piss off back to France. Every single time we've sat down with these people, they try to keep bringing in part-time as a conversation, and we do, and we entertain their notion. They turned around the second last EBA meeting, and they made it very clear because they got frustrated when we were talking about part-time, and their response was, all reasonable organisations are out seeking to cut cost and labour. Yarra Trams made $22 million profit off your backs. Every single one of you. You make them the money they made last financial year, 22.5% profit, and they want to cut your take-home pays. Our claims are very reasonable. Our fight is not just about resisting their part-time claim. We are fighting for fair wages and conditions for our members. In particular, what are we fighting for? We're fighting for better job security for every single one of my members. We want better dispute resolution procedures and discipline and counselling procedures. We want to make sure that Yarra Trams can no longer misuse the medical examinations as a way of getting our members out of a job. We are fighting to have our rights for women's advocates recognised and to have protections against sexual harassment and violence 
These are the things that we're claiming and there are not many dollars that are involved. We will achieve a better deal together. And I promise you that. My members come first. We have a huge fight on our hands, but we're more than up for the bloody fight. This has been going on for 10 months now. I ain't giving in now unless you tell me to. They ignore our claims and keep pushing for a mass part-time workforce. Get fucked. For them, it's all about profit and all about trying to break out collective power. But by sticking together and showing solidarity, we will, f we will bloody win. Now, I'd like to invite Maria Mitzi, the uh, Tram and Bus uh, assist Assistant Divisional Secretary, to speak. Thanks so much. Thank you, comrades, for being here today. It's such a beautiful day. Look at this. Not as beautiful as Yarra Trams, but we got a clear message for Julien Donoy, a new CEO that's been in this company, took over only about three weeks ago. He's been in the country longer than that. The message to him here is that you people control that trams. Control the trams that got the wheels turning on those tracks out there. Without you guys, he is nothing. Yes! Without you guys, the trams won't move an inch. He's not going to destroy your jobs. We will not let him. He thinks he can overtake you guys. But one thing is for sure, is unity. You have unity amongst you, and that is very clear today. And it will be here today, it will be here tomorrow, as it was in the past, and it will always be. People power is the best. People power is the strongest weapon any union can have. He got on 3AW. But when he was pressed for questions about the full time, he would not answer them. Again this morning, he was pressed for questions about full time job security. He avoided them. Well, we'll tell you this, Mr. Donoy. We are here today to make sure that you will not destroy this industry. This industry was here before Yara Trams came here. And this industry will stay full time for a long time. This industry has got no room for part-time, not now and not in the future. They should be ashamed of themselves. Out of the 4% that they have, we are protected on the 4%. They only utilize 1%, but they want more. They want more to destroy the job security that you guys work under. But we are going to make sure that they will never get there. And if we have to have another rally, another one after that, and more and more, we will keep on fighting because unity will stand amongst us all.
There is no room for us to go back. It's been going for a long time and it doesn't matter how long it will take. But if Julien and his senior managers think we're going to back off, they are wrong. They are totally wrong because once again, we are not going to accept part-time. The only time, I'll send this message to Yara Trams, the only time that we will back off is when hell freezes over. And I'll tell you what, when hell freezes over, then we will put our ice skates on and we will give them another fucking go. That is a clear message, so drop your freaking part-time because we are not going anywhere and neither are those trams out there because we drive those trams. No one else is going to drive them. So you guys stick together. I make that very, very clear. You stick together and we will win this. I will assure you we will win. No part-time. No part-time. No part-time. No part-time. No part-time. All right, our next speaker is the RTBU Women's Officer who's been doing some amazing work with women in the union. Our sister Catherine Breakwell, welcome. Workers don't want their income slashed. In order to boost corporate profits under the false illusion of creating opportunities for women who only want pocket money jobs. In fact, workers' base salary is nowhere near the publicised $94,000 so widely reported. Our sexual harassment and gendered violence claims in bargaining have outright been rejected. But we don't accept this. Indeed, current workers who want to transition to retirement or care for children under part-time arrangements can already choose to do so under fair work legislation. These people are not included in the 4% cap, which is not even being utilised. Women will not be used as pawns to be condescended to for boosting corporate profits. The original intention claimed in negotiations was to remove the cap altogether and have unlimited capacity to recruit externally for new part-time drivers into the workforce on shifts working as short as three hours. In other words, mass casualisation through short part-time shifts. This will slash take-home pay of full-time workers by millions of dollars through overtime and penalty shift savings. A tram driver makes the job look easy, but they are required to work 2,080 full-time hours before they are recognised as being qualified and sufficiently experienced as a driver. 
the defensive driving skills required to mitigate the constant risks and hazards of fatalities and collisions will take much longer to develop in a new driver working a three-hour shift. Given that the data reflects full-time drivers with under 12 months driving experience as having the most accidents, the proposal of short shifts is clearly potentially dangerous for both workers and public safety alike. Any reasonable person would arrive at this conclusion. Despite the request to increase the part-time cap to 15%, we must remember the end goal was for unlimited. Inadequate full-time protections are not being provided and the union was told that all responsible organisations are always seeking to reduce their labour and overtime costs. <laughs> These savings taken from full-time workers' take-home pay by the thousands of dollars. The Reserve Bank agrees that part-time and casualisation of a workforce is hurting our economy. So, Melissa Horne and the Dan Andrews government, I don't recall the Victorian taxpayer agreeing to publicly owned essential services being privatised, outsourced or run at a profit. Over $22 million in profit last year left the Victorian economy. With millions more set to go abroad in profits taken from the pockets of hard-working tram drivers. Shame! Workers voted for a blue-collar government who would have the backbone to protect workers' livelihoods and support us for safer working conditions. We are fighting for our livelihoods and we reject pocket money jobs in an industry where safety is paramount. Shame Melissa Horn, shame. And shame Dan Andrews' government, shame. That's it for Stick Together this week. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne. It's made possible through the financial support of the Community Radio Foundation and we come to you on the Community Radio Network through your local community radio station. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and on iTunes and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 and leaving a message. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there is a union for you and until next time, stick together. We'll go out with a little snippet of a song that's just been released by Paul Kelly. It's called Sleep Australia Sleep. It's only a snippet, uh, but it's his uh, calling for people to awaken, really, to the uh, climate emergency. That's it for Stick Together this week. Bye. Who rocked the cradle and cried? Who rocked the cradle and cried?
country sleep As off the cliff the kingdoms leap Count them as they pass on by 